This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. You could almost set your watch by my little stabs of insecurity at my failure to do any prep for this podcast, right? Shag would commit at absolute bare minimum three hours a week to this podcast. That three hours is watching a film, sometimes on quick time, so maybe two and a half hours a week <laughs> at absolute bare minimum. And then you'll have to listen through the whole episode to edit it, Gooey, and so we'll just call that an hour, hour and a bit to do the editing and the uploading and that sort of thing. I would do at absolute minimum 35 minutes for our shorter episodes and then at absolute maximum an hour and 10 minutes for some of our longer episodes. And, look, guilt and shame, as Brene Brown is teaching me, um, are not particularly (laughs) valuable things to motivate you through your life. But this week I have decided to do some research, Shag, so I'm going to throw it at you, right? (laughs) I Googled how do you structure a horror film? Because I feel like we're going to figure out how we're going to write one. And so you're like, you're actually starting at the beginning. Like, you know, when it comes to writing a film, you're like, okay, so how does this, how does this whole horror film caper work? How does this shenanigans well, come I together? Think, I think that is probably where I should start. I should not start in the middle. Like, I don't Like, I really... <laughs> I need some help. So I've got just a quick exercise. We're going to go through a speed round of this. Okay. And um, why don't why don't you choose which film from the Spooko Studios you want to speed round? And I think this is going to be pretty productive brainstorming. And basically, the the, uh, the screenplay will be written by the time we're done with this. I estimate it's going to take us about 120 seconds, 130 seconds. All right. Let's start with charcuterie. Start from the beginning. Okay. So Shag, I'm just going to hit you with a with a stage in the in the structure. Yeah. And you and I just have to very quickly decide. What is happening at that stage? Okay. So step one, unraveling the terror. Do you have an opening scare that defines the movie? Yep. Uh, Somebody who's almost escaped from the butchery, running, trying to get help. No one believing them because they think he's talking about a cool new restaurant. Yes. Our, Our lady picks him up and there's a brief splash of blood that covers the screen. Titles before, roll. But, but cuts to, like, production of meat in a cool, like, Anthony Bourdain sort of way. Okay, speed round has to be faster than that because we've got 13 <laughs> more stages to get through. All right, let's not do all 13. Give me, give me just, the, just the quick ones. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we're going to do three more today okay. and we'll get to the rest another day. All right. So that was Unraveling the Terror, right? We've got our initial, like, tonal thing. I figure an alternative for that can be actually butchering a pig, sort of edited... TikTok Peach, cooking if style. Peach, you work these out, why are you asking me? We're, we're brainstorming. <laughs> this is a creative process. <laughs> you, your mind brainstorming is you've already come up with the answers and no, if my answers yeah, aren't right, you're like, no, actually it should be no, a pig. No, then we decide which we like and we take good things from both. <laughs> hey, Peach, Peach, okay, look. because It's this, not a peachocracy. No, no, it's not a peachocracy. <laughs> but you know what? Look, and Peach, this was a really fun opening. But, <laughs> but, but, but. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, this isn't a peachocracy. It's not a shagocracy. 
but mm. we do live in a democracy. We are not yes. an overtly political podcast, but on the weekend, the Australian people overwhelmingly voted to prioritise the needs of others rather than themselves. We voted out a super right-wing, super conservative, ultra, like, religious, but only in the way that really it's a religion that helps them sort of mm. way. Completely rejected them, voted for the climate, for integrity, for equal representation, for every good thing. Like, it was such a great victory. And to that, I'm never the one to do this, but I just had to... <gasps> yeah! Cheers with a, with a Rashes. So here's to everybody, Rashes, especially after the Australian government changes in such a fundamental way, really refreshes. What is up? Uh, the small footnote is it was also the best election party I've gone to, hosted by Shag and Adele. It was fantastic. Now, you heard another laugh in there. I've invited Adele mm. back because I realised yes. after a win like that, we couldn't have a normal episode. Once mm. again, our synergy is out of control because today's episode is all about how horror films are structured, particularly yes. how one very specific series is structured. We've talked about, and you know what, fuck, I was about to go into it. Adele, welcome back. Hey, Rashes, what's up, guys? Hey. What's up? It, victory is sweet, is it not? It, uh, it feels good. Well, I mean, can you describe beer as, I don't, is it, is it a, I don't know how to describe beer flavour. <laughs> is it dry? Is it a dry flavour? What's the flavour of beer? I, I, I feel like the person that wrote the thesis on the beer <laughs> might be able to answer this question. <laughs> well, hopefully we've got a couple of different profiles. We've got our malt characters and we've got our hops characters. And a hops you're going to take is either floral or steely. No, like Resh's perfect, perfect hops, gentle malt. It's good fun. A little bit bitter. You guys are having fun. Adele, I had lots of them thanks to your great hosting on Saturday night. That was the other victory. It was Fucking great. hell, you guys throw the best parties in the game. It's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was so much fun and I just mm. felt very light on Sunday morning waking up knowing that we had a new government and lots of independent women. It's so funny when you say independent women together. I just can't not think of <laughs> Is it Destiny's Child? It is. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun. So let me explain what's happening here because I was like, yes. okay, we have to have a fun a celebratory episode. Mm. So there's a film series that we've never covered on Spooko, mainly because, as we've said in the last couple of episodes, meta is easy and boring and really annoying. Scream. We have never covered the Scream franchise. Okay. Now, very recently... On the plane to Singapore, when I was going through the horror archives of what films I could watch, one of them was Scream 5, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to watch Scream 5. So we're not going to do Screams 1 to 4. We're going to do Scream 5 mm. today. But here's the clincher, and I want everybody to play along with this. If you haven't seen yes. Scream 5 yet, this episode is for you, and I want you to actively listen to this. So, so yes, I know podcasts are a passive listening experience. I want this to be an active listening experience. So the, uh, so the thing that is good about the Scream series... The meta-ness mm. sucks, but what they are, they're whodunits. And so the reason why I invite yeah. Adele on today is because I've never met anyone who picks the whodunits earlier <laughs> than Adele. And I'm just curious to see who's going to pick first, who the killer or killers of Scream oh. 5 are. And to do that, I want you to watch the trailer. And then after you've watched the trailer... I want you to check the message I've sent you because today we are doing a Spooko group whodunit yes. of Scream 5. Yes. This is like a Zoom how to host a murder. Yes, yes, super fun. 
attacks so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this a lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is gonna keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. No, stop. Wait, wait, wait. certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Hello, Sydney. It's an honor. If you were to pick an iconic ghost face, like line, I'm trying to think of whether there is one. Would it be like Kilo the Kilo is a thousand grams? It's easy to remember. Oh, you mean it's in the rapper Ghostface? Yeah. Um. Yeah, like because Ghostface, the rapper, but that's from like very early '90s Staten Island. Because like Enter the Thirty Six was like 1996, and I think the first Scream was 1996. Yes. So like, but I don't know if he was called Ghostface until later. The the killer never really had a name in the original Scream. I think Ghostface uh, is more a name that's been attributed to the killer. But anyway, if you've never watched the Scream series, mm. it is a long running meta horror series in which mm. the characters are well aware that they're basically in a horror film. So they talk about all the rules of horror and then there's always lots of characters and it turns out that one or two of them turn out to be the murderers at the end. And that's kind of the fun of the films because the meta-ness in 1996 was really fun. Like talking about, oh, we're in a horror film, but here are the rules. Like you can't have sex or you'll die and you can't say I'll be back because then you'll never be back sort of thing. In 1996, that was mind-blowing. Consider yeah. like we didn't have memes, we didn't have social media, we didn't have iPhones. Of course, something like that for our simple brains. Yeah, it would be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they're in the film and they're saying they're in the film. Are you fucking serious? So meta-ness in 2021 when this film came out just doesn't have the same effect. But what does still have a fun effect is the whodunit aspect. Now, for that yeah, reason, okay. I haven't gone to the Wikipedia synopsis. I've gone to the wiki.scream.com synopsis, which is a bit okay. more in-depth. What I've also sent both of you is a list yeah. of all the main characters in the film, as well as the three rules, according to the entire series, that you need to follow to try and track the killer. Oof. Oh, fucking hell, this is exhausting. <laughs> this is a lot of friendship homework right now. Yeah. This is like a, like a, yeah, a weighted uh, assessment. Now, you don't need to go through this list. It's just when I go through the wiki synopsis and you're like, who the fuck's that? You can quickly check your list and go, oh, that's that character. 
Who's Randy Meeks? <laughs> oh, no. So Randy Meeks is a character from the original who was sort of the super meta character that was like, oh, my God, in a horror movie, you don't do that and you don't do that. And then he gets killed in the second one for not following his own rules. Okay. So don't worry about Randy Meeks. It's a bit of a red herring there. (laughs) I think that Mindy Meeks Martin, though, is my early suspect. (laughs) Or what about Chad Meeks Martin? Chad, how many fun? with the name Chad is questionable. When this episode comes out, so if you just head to our Instagram channel, you'll be able to see the list itself and you can follow along if you'd like to but already i'm like wow is this too much work <laughs> i was like this is gonna be like a possibly <laughs> so there are like i have to group them in fives to count them there are 15 main characters here we're looking at them on a phone screen with like a hyperlinked word doc <laughs> like i've been, i haven't even really read one of the sentences <laughs> i'm baffled i'm completely fucking Please, baffled you are Surely this is exciting for you. You're like, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna... a senior lawyer. I just gloss over and ask people to summarise shit for me. I'm like, too long. Summarise right, well, it better. Summarise well, it better. let's see how long it takes for you guys to pick who the killer or killers are. All right. Oh. Also, this synopsis is so fucking long, so let's go. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> On the 25th anniversary of the original Woodsboro murders from the original yeah. Scream, in which Billy Loomis and Stu Macker were the killers, Tara yes. Carpenter, who's on your sheet, is home alone and texting her best friend. She's not on our sheet. She I is. know she is, but I'm also like having to scroll. Like, no, like, she's not. Yeah, she, she is. She's half. She's halfway Is there a second down. page? No, no, no. It's halfway second page. down next to Jenna Ortega. Oh, I'm looking at the actors. No, I'm so sorry. So I was looking at the actors. But it is it is quite funny because oh it's God. like 11 point font. <laughs> yeah, this is all right, okay, be. all right, okay, all right. So okay. Tara Carpenter is home alone and texting her best friend, Amber Freeman, inviting her to come over as her mother is out of town. The landline rings and a confused Tara answers because it's like, why would a landline ring in 2021? The man on the other line claims to be Charlie, a friend of her mother's, and strikes up a conversation with Tara about her relationship with her mother and her love of horror movies. Tara claims to be a fan of new horror movies like The Babadook and Hereditary, but not Stab, despite the fact that she lives in Woodsboro because she thinks they're low class and she likes the elevated horror of the last couple of years. Oh, actually, I already find that a bit shit. Like, that's a bit too meta. (laughs) (laughs) All right, okay. I do think Amber's the killer. Like, the fact that she's in... The fact that she's sort of killed, quote, quote, in that opening scene that's our Drew Barrymore classic opening scene and the fact that she's she's a member of the cast here just really really raises my interest okay so the the kill we find out that this person is the killer and the killer slowly begins to scare tara when he makes an illusion between herself and the opening of the original stab tara hangs up but then gets a text from amber to say she should answer the phone when it rings again Realising she's been talking to the killer, Tara answers the phone and is forced to play a stab trivia game to save Amber's life. Tara is just barely able to answer the questions, but then loses on the final question when she claims Billy was the sole killer in Stab, forgetting that there were two killers. Tara attempts to run and save Amber's life, but the killer is at her door and gets inside. 
Tara hides with a knife, but the killer jumps out behind her and stabs her seven times, breaking her leg in the process. Tara attempts to run and is able to summon the police, but the killer catches her and stabs her once more as the camera cuts to the title of Scream 5. Oh, my God, that's before the titles of birth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's also been like five, maybe six different characters. I don't know who anyone oh is. My I've God. even got like a special got... cheat sheet and it's not helping. That's why it's you've got a cheat sheet. It doesn't help. There's, I don't know why it doesn't help, Jake, but you just have to take us at face value. I'm it's like, really baffling. Like I'm sort of half reading as you're going and then I'm like, oh, shit, hang on, who's All that? Right. Okay, let's, let's keep going. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to look at the sheet because it's so confusing. Okay, all right. So the yeah. next day, Samantha Carpenter, who is the sister... Yes, Samantha Carpenter, of yes. Tara Carpenter. The one She's that just got the stabbed. Sister, yes. Yes. Is yeah. working in a bowling alley with her boyfriend of six months, Richie Kirsch, and gets Richie a call. Kirsch. Hang on, hang on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we don't give a fuck about him. Not he's not on there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to die, that means. Yeah, <laughs> born out. And gets a call from Wes Hicks, who informs her about Tara's attack. Oh, he's Judy Hicks' son and a friend of Tara's. <laughs> Samantha yes, okay. makes the decision to return to Woodsboro and Richie agrees to go with her. I'm pretty sure Richie is on the sheet. No, Richie's not on the sheet. No, he's not. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, he is. Yes, he is. He's played by Jack Quaid. No, he's, what? Yeah, Richie Oh, Kirsch. Richie, sorry, oh, yeah. sorry. Yes, sorry. yes, that's right. accompanies her on return to Woodsboro. It, in Woodsboro, contact. get ready for a lot of characters. Wes, oh, Amber, <laughs> Wes Amber, Chad Meeks Martin, Mindy Meeks Martin and Liv McKenzie are all gathered outside Woodsboro High School reeling from the news of Tara's attack. They are questioned by Sheriff Judy Hicks, who is also Wes's mother, <laughs> And are shook by the return of Vince Schneider, a summer romance for Liv, who turned out to be a creep. The teens all Whoa, go with Who is Liv? Have you met Liv? The teens all go with each other to visit Tara in the hospital. As Richie Tara's from the start of the film. So Tara's from the start of the film. the one that got stabbed. He's yeah. actually the only one that I know. That's Amber's yeah. friend, yes. Yeah. yeah. As, as, as Richie and Sam drive back into town, so remember Sam is Tara's sister and Richie is her boyfriend, they talk about movies they've never seen before and Richie claims that he's never seen Stab before and Samantha informs him on Woodsboro's rich history and the history of ghost face attacks in the town. Richie and Sam arrive at the hospital where Tara is recovering from her attack. Sam's return is welcomed by some and shunned by others, including Judy, who has had a fair share dealing with Samantha in the past. So it turns out Samantha has a bit of a rough history. Sam apologises to Tara for leaving town five years ago and agrees to stay with her, with Richie offering to stay as well. So sorry, have, has Nev Campbell or David Arquette or Courtney no, Cox? No, so they're going to come yeah. back. I'll let you know when they come back. Hey, okay, yeah. Is David Arquette the one? Like, I I feel like someone looked a lot like. Um... David Arquette is in this film. Yeah. Yep. So we're just fucking around with, like, dumb characters we don't care about at the moment. How much of this should we be taking in? All of it, basically. <laughs> I'm so... Yeah. Me I'm tra- still having heaps of fun. Fuck you, ScoMo. Such a satisfying election outcome. It's awesome. It's also, like, it's pretty fun when an amazing plan you had just unravels in front of you and you're like, I have no I have no backup. We've just got to go with this. That's how I felt at the start of this episode, Shag. I was like, we're going to go through this plot. <laughs> this plot, I'm kidding. No, 
right, right, let's do it. Let's keep going. This is fun. I'm okay. having a good time. Okay, so meanwhile, the teenagers, so the other teenagers, so obviously <laughs> Tara, Sam and Richie are all at the hospital, hospital but the other teenagers yes. are hanging out in a bar where Vince, one of Liv's exes Vince. who was bad news, arrives and tries to claim Liv once more, leading to Chad threatening to beat him up. The entire group is kicked out of the bar and Vince takes a moment to relieve himself on the side of the building only to be interrupted by someone who is revving his car. When he gets to the car, he finds it empty. However, Red Right Hand plays on the radio. He turns the car off, only to come face-to-face with Ghostface, who kills him almost instantly. All right, so scratch Vince off. Vince isn't one of the killers. Mm, Okay, okay. he did actually die. (laughs) He did actually die. Could you guys tell the difference between Action Bronson and Ghostface <laughs> no. on a track? No, if you couldn't tell no, it, impossible. No. It's impossible. It's yeah, impossible. Yeah, I super couldn't either. Back at the hospital, Sam is in the bathroom taking her pills when she looks in the mirror and hallucinates a vision of Billy Loomis who taunts her for unknown reason. Billy Loomis was the original killer the in original the first killer. Yeah. yeah, cool. Sam's phone. So is this is this a universe where the stab films are actually the scream films? Yeah. So yep. and they're based on yes, they're, they're based okay. on the murders in the town. Okay. Like it's 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 the sort of matter that almost eats itself. Yeah. So it's so in the scream universe. Yes. There, there are films called stab, stab, which are the universe. scream movies. But play obviously in the in those movies they're the same movies but they're played by different actors because the actors who are in the screen movies are in real life in the screen universe. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. So my Nev Campbell is the screen universe's Sydney Powell. Prescott. Sydney Prescott, but the person yeah. playing Sydney Prescott stab universes. <laughs> is the inspiration for Stab Universe's version of Sydney Prescott, who was played by someone else. Like this is like Inception, isn't it? This is like we just keep going to another level of the dream. Okay, so Sam's phone rings, and when she answers, it's the killer who claims to know her secret. Ghostface jumps out from behind the door and tries to attack her. However, she is able to escape and Judy and her deputies handle the rest. Sam then reveals to Tara the reason she left town when she was 13 because she found their mother's diaries which revealed that their father wasn't her father at all and actually she's the daughter of Billy Loomis who her mother slept with in high school before he became the scream killer and before he died. After finding out this information, she demanded an answer from her mother, unaware that her father was listening, and as a result, he left them all. Tara gets angry at Samantha for this and demands she leaves. Okay, Adele, are you following this? Uh, yeah, I feel like the cheap sheets making things more confusing. Who's who's uh, Sam's mum? She she slept with the killer, but who? And that's her. The killer, the old killer, was her dad. Yeah. If if she's not on the cheat sheet, I don't think she's important. <laughs> I can't remember her being. Isn't Tara? Oh, Tara's the sister. Yeah, I don't think she actually is an important character. Okay, cool. Yeah. And also, one more question in the trailer. Somebody looked a little bit like Anthony LaPaglia. Is that David Arquette? That's now? David Arquette. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. He looks similar he looks, colouring. He looks different. Yeah, he's an old, he's an old man now. Mm. Pull one out. Now, a private floor is arranged in the hospital for Tara because obviously the history of Ghostface is pretty major and they try to keep the press away. And she tells Richie they need an expert and so they go to visit Dewey Riley, David Arquette, who was the sheriff from the very first scream. Uh, That's right. Who's been in bad shape since splitting from Gail. 
Okay. He's watching her morning Courtney show on. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so okay. he's watching her morning show on TV because she's become a big shot news anchor in New York. Is it meant to be ironic because her last name is Gail? Her last name is Weathers. Yes. Yes. Completely. Oh, that's really funny. I like that. Okay. He gets annoyed because he's watching. It's like his show, and it's his ritual that he watches his ex-wife. But he gives them two minutes, and then he informs them of the rules of surviving a stab movie. Adele, can Ooh. you do me the honors and read out those three rules up the top? I'd love to because I feel like this is the only thing I'm going to be able to do on this episode. Yes, <laughs> me too. For me, <laughs> so I'm like I'm not going to be able to pick any murderers. Number one, never trust the love interest. Number two, the killer's motive is always connected to something in the past. And number three, the first victim always has a friend group that the killer is a part of. Is uh, that okay, how cool. David Arquette puts it in the film? Yeah, he does. <laughs> like, the it's first the victim memory. always has a friend group yes. that the killer oh, is a like, part of. Yeah, maybe not exactly that <laughs> scripting. <laughs> um, so, like, like Ulysses, like James Joyce's Ulysses is 100 years old this year, I think, 22. Um, and it's, like, for some reason celebrated. It's, like, the shittest work of art ever made. Like, especially because afterwards James Joyce is, like, I've put in so many secret codes and cheats and Easter eggs in there that people are going to be pouring over this book for hundreds of years. And it's just it's it's just someone so caught up with the self importance of their own like nonsense that they sort of get sucked into a vortex. Like I don't really enjoy using the term masturbatory for like people who make art, but it does feel like a very self focused, self love, self aggrandizing sort of exercise. And here it's like, can you believe <laughs> that I'm going to tell you all the rules to find the killer and I'm and you're not even going to be able to figure it out because it's such a complex puzzle. I also Enjoy love, I movie. thought you were going to say that people were going to be pouring over the, the Wikipedia synopsis and my <laughs> cheat sheet of screenplay <laughs> for decades. For been like, of oh, did you more. make this? Did you make this? Oh, like bits of it. I, I oh, crimped things. Sharing, it's hyperlinked. Oh, oh, it's okay. And you would have edited out the spoilers. One, Like one of them it would say, and it's Ghost yes. or Ghost Voice. Yes, one of them it. was like, and by the way, this person is the killer. <laughs> oh, Shag. I edited out oh. the fourth rule that was like, this wasn't one of the rules Dewey said, but this was one of the rules that the killer said at the end. And that oh, killer okay. was this person. So, yeah, so, so yes, look, I know this oh. is a bit of a messy episode, but I put in a lot of effort. You sure did. Shag, I believe in you. Years. Art is about effort and it should be rewarded. <laughs> if someone tries hard, mm. then it's good art. The best that art is, the is when they're rewarded for all the effort they put in. That's always that's a direct transactional exchange. <laughs> all right. Okay, so he gives them the rules. Yes. They ask him to help stop the killer, but he declines because he's like, I've been stabbed so many times, I can barely walk. I don't want to help anymore. Dewey then calls Sydney Prescott, uh, Neve Campbell, who lives a long way from Woodsboro and now is married with three kids, and informs her about the tax and warns her to stay away. He asks if she has a gun, to which she responds, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I have a gun. That's a really cool line if you're a yeah. fan of the series. Which why, why is that? Well, because she's like... Well, she's the victim of every bloody 
movie and there's five of them. And it's like Sydney Prescott, again, it's super meta because it's like anyone who knows the Scream franchise, she's the most famous name. Probably the most famous line that the, the Scream Ghostface has ever said is, hello, Sydney. So it's like for her to be like, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott, mm. that's signaling to the audience as well as Dewey on the phone that she's back. Yeah. I don't know, there's just an element there, like, again, very James Joycey masturbatory of it, of, like, I've created an iconic character and uh, everyone associates her with this character trait, so, mm-hmm. I don't know. But to be fair, Neve Campbell, like, what else has she got? Not like I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just like, I'm glad you f- What, Party 5, The Craft? Oh, actually, yeah, good point. That's probably it, probably yeah. those three and this. Anyway, Okay. He then sends Look, I would an- take them. You know, <laughs> she's she's just had an impact on pop culture. So good on her. Like, awesome. I also I feel like I might I I I'm not I don't want to make the call because it's Ooh, very confusing. Yes. And okay, like okay. Oh, 60 yeah. names, but I have a feeling I might know who it possibly could okay. be. Okay. Right. You have Liv McKenzie. <laughs> 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 I'm actually reading through the sheet like <laughs> no but do you want me to wait or, oh, I no, guess no, no. Guess. I just won't give you the answer okay cool I'm like I'm guessing uh, I'm guessing it's gonna be the sister of the I think it might be Samantha Carpenter so is it Tara that stabbed first Ta- yeah Tara got stabbed yeah. Samantha is the yeah. one that has the visions of Billy in the hospital and disappeared for five years yep yeah, uh, like uh yeah I'm th- I'm leaning towards thinking it's Samantha Carpenter. All right. Continue okay. on, please. Okay, so Dewey then sends a text to Gail to inform her too. Dewey then has a change of heart and whips out his old sheriff's gun and joins the teenagers at the Meeks Martin house where the teenagers have, have gathered. It is there that they learn Mindy and Chad are the niece and nephew of Randy Meeks and that their mother is Martha Meeks, who is still as awkward as ever. I don't really remember Martha Meeks being a character, but there you go. She's pretty awkward. <laughs> Dewey. Now, Dewey introduces the teens to stab the film and the history of Billy and Stu, and they attempt to figure out the connection between the killer and Samantha. Mindy, who has the same... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Mindy, who has the same traits as her uncle, deduces that the killer is attempting to create a requel, a reboot slash sequel to Stab 8, which at that point is just called Stab, which received poor reviews amongst fans and is a generally hated sequel. They realise the killer is probably a Stab fan who is using Sam and Tara to make the movie. They are using Tara and her friends as the new generation and using Sam's connection to Billy Loomis as a way to weave the legacy characters, Sydney, Dewey and Gale, into the story. Like, I told, like uh, it just kind of eats This itself. really sucks, actually. <laughs> that, like, that's really shit. <laughs> it is also learned that Vinch, the Vince, the character that died, is the son of Stu... Vinch is really great. Though. I can't enjoy Vinch. <laughs> Vinch. <laughs> hey, it's Vinch. Hey, it's boy Vinch. Uh, is the son of Stu Market, which is the other killers in the original sister, and that the three attacks so far were on people related to the original killers. Sam gets angry when she is accused of being the killer and flees. As she drives, she has another hallucination of Billy and just narrowly avoids a fatal car accident. I think the killer is Tara. I think it's actually Tara and we've got a red herring because she's in partnership with someone. But the only thing with it being Tara is that we see her in the trailer being attacked by the ghost face. Yeah, no, I think that's a red herring. What, her being attacked by... 
You reckon she's given the, the mask? Yeah, because then, like, then she's back uh, up and about. Yeah, maybe. Like, like it very well could be. I don't think it's Samantha anymore. I don't know. That's two very interesting things. So she is attacked by a ghost face. Uh, she does survive the attack. Face, yes. Most of the screen films have more than one killer. And don't, yeah, don't they usually give the mask to somebody else? Yeah. So maybe she, maybe she's teaming up with um, the ex best friend was Amber. So and hold resentment. Yeah, maybe Tara and Amber are together in this. At the Hicks house, Judy is ordering dinner and hears a noise in the other room. She grabs a knife and searches the house, revealing that it's only Wes who has returned home. Remember, Judy is Wes's. Judy is the sheriff. Wes is her son. Judy leaves to pick yeah, up he's dinner. He's a friend of Tara's. And Tara's <laughs> sister Samantha was his babysitter during the events of Scream Four. <laughs> Judy leaves to pick up dinner, and Wes gets in the shower while he waits for her. As she drives, she gets a call from the killer, who reveals that he is watching Wes. Judy turns around and races home, attempting to trace the killer's call. When Judy returns home, she runs up the house to save Wes. However, the killer jumps out and stabs her multiple times, killing her. Inside, Wes gets out of the shower and starts getting ready for dinner. He hears the front door open, but when he checks it, he finds it ajar. He closes the door, but then turns around to find the killer lunging at him. He attempts to fight back at the killer. However, the killer gets the upper hand and stabs him through the throat, killing him too. The other reason I wanted you on this call, Adele, is that Hmm. these films are very famously uh, featuring a killer that only uses... A not th- like a pretty long, but not like machete long hunting knife to kill. You worked as an emergency nurse for a couple of years. You must have More seen than a couple of years. Oh, five like, years you, but you know, I say a couple. It means like anywhere between one and ten. No, We've had no, arguments about this. Not, well, no, no a couple never means more than four. Okay. It rarely means more than three. When you you worked, meant a few, Shag. If you meant a few, so few. When you worked in emergency, you you must have seen some like stab victims. Mm-hmm. Do stab victims usually survive? Yeah, you like. Well, I mean, depends on the nursing. Am I right? My <laughs> <laughs> stab victims. Yeah, yeah no, yours are all fine. <laughs> Um, I I don't know if I could answer that question because I'm only going off my sort of anecdotal experience at the hospital. But but yeah, like I feel like if you go to an emergency department, you get a better chance. But I feel like if you stab in the wrong spot, like if you're going to be stabbed in like your trachea or your throat or whatever, you're probably not going to live. Okay. All right. Good. I'm glad that that checks out because the madness is annoying. But I'm glad the, the physiology checks out. I think that like the biggest issue is like. This attacker, I just feel like they'd have to be super, like, ripped, toned and fit because how can they be attacking all of these people of different sort of, like, statures and bills and weights? So if we do think it is one of the younger females, it would be kind of difficult to attack, you know, some of the older people. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like it's oh, interesting. I, like, yeah. stabbing is super inefficient. Like, I agree. You'd have to do a lot of stabbing. You'd just yeah. be like... But, but also, is it and this and actually, in fact, this is a question I'm very keen about, and maybe this is also a butchery question. But is it easy for a knife to like go deep into someone's body, or is, does that actually take a lot of force? I don't know. I just think about steak, and I think probably not easy. You hit a bit of bone, and it's a problem. Mm. Um, mm. Like so, stabbing someone in the back, you catch some ribs, and you're like, oh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> That's sorry, a good point. Yeah. Okay, anyway, look, let's keep going. We've had some good guesses. Okay, police start investigating the crime scene. It's Richie. That's my final guess. Okay. 
Uh, police start investigating. Which one's Richie again? Richie Kirsch. Richie is Samantha's <laughs> boyfriend, and he accompanies her on the return Didn't he to Woodsboro. Wasn't he the first one to get the no, one to Vince get killed? No, Vince was killed because Vince oh, was, it was lived. Vince Schneider. Yeah, Vince Schneider. <laughs> right. Vince Schneider. That's right. Okay, so police start investigating the crime scene, and Dewey and Samantha arrive and learn the fates of their friends. A news van pulls up and a woman approaches Samantha looking for information. It's revealed to be Gail Weathers, who is somewhat happy to reunite with Dewey, however angry that he just sent her a text about the murders. Dewey sees Gail's camera crew and assumes she's the same Gail she used to be, but she tells him she came back for him and the crew is because her job demanded it. I think because... Never trust the love interest. But which love interest? Yes. The two reunite and Gail informs him that she doesn't write anymore. Anymore. The killer's motive is always connected to something in the past. Oh, that's true of every killer and every action anyone's ever taken of any kind ever. (laughs) Every single thing that's ever happened is connected to something in the past. (laughs) Fuck Will too. All right, all right. Samantha then spots Deputy Vincent on the scene of the crime, despite the fact that he should be watching Tara in the hospital. Realising Tara is in danger, Sam gets into her car to go to the hospital. Dewey joins her and they drive off. In the hospital, Tara is watching Dawson's Creek and hears a noise in the hallway. Is Nev Campbell in Dawson's Creek or is she in Party of Five? She's in Party of Five. Okay. But it's definitely a reference That's to the so era. That's so fucking yeah. meta. Like, this is actually really on the nose. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like I, I think I would not enjoy this experience. Like, I think it sort of goes past nostalgia and warmth. <laughs> And having, but are you enjoying the first Spooko Who Done It group episode? I am actually yeah, medium really enjoying lovely. it. <laughs> <Should> I <get laughs> like it? <laughs> seeing you half unravel, and then like I could also feel your like redemption, Shag. Like you're like, oh, actually, I think this might be coming back together. So. It's going to be a rough listen. So <laughs> <laughs> apologies to everyone. I don't but... have to do it, so it's fine with me. <laughs> All right, okay. She calls out for someone, but because she's on a private floor, no one responds, so she decides to run for it. Oh, so on the private floor where she's protected, it's private in that there's no Mm. one there, including no police. Well, it sounds like it, yes. So (laughs) she fights through the pain and get, because remember, she's been stabbed and gets into her wheelchair and starts to leave as the lights are cut. Because, of course, cutting lights, including in a hospital, power switch (laughs) in the hospital. (laughs) <laughs> the thing about hospitals is it's really, really easy to turn the power off. And hospitals only have one source of power. And hospitals don't have emergency generators. Because hospitals don't have any electronic stuff that needs to stay on. It's very important that it stays on. It's good. So, so Tara hides in a closet and tries to call the police. But another noise startles her. And Richie finds... So Richie jumps out of nowhere. And it's a bit of a jump scare. But he finds her hiding, revealing that Sam called him. He tries to help Tara, but Ghostface jumps out behind him, slices him, and knocks him out. Tara starts to wheel herself to the elevator, but Ghostface activates his voice changer and calls Sam, forcing her to choose between Richie's life or Sam's. Sam, as in like, they're like, you can either, either I'll, I'll either kill Richie or I'll kill Sam. Sam begs the killer not to do this and then reveals she is buying time as the elevator dings open and Dewey arrives with a gun, shoots at the killer who runs off. Sam helps Tara and Dewey. No, Sam helps Tara and Dewey helps Richie. However, Ghostface strikes again, but Dewey shoots them five times, knocking them unconscious, claiming not today. 
As the group gets into the elevator, Dewey realizes that the killer might still be alive and that you need to always shoot them in the head. He sends the teenagers oh away and returns How to the... How many fucking rules does this... Like, you should print out a pamphlet or something. You <laughs> should print out a PDF that he oh sends God. as a text message to uh, his dearest friend and his life partner. So, uh, so, 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 as he prepares to kill Ghostface, his phone rings and distracts him and the killer jumps up and stabs him, claiming, Today. He grabs another oh, knife God. and stabs Dewey in the back and slices him open on both ends. As Dewey dies, Ghostface tells him that it's an honour. Ghostface rips the knives out and Dewey falls to the ground and dives in a splatter of blood. Okay. Gail arrives at the hospital and screams it's, out in pain. It's an honour, it's an honour. Yeah, okay, so, lo- so, so, so it is a fan of stab. And, and screams out in pain as she learns that Dewey is dead. In the waiting room, Gail cries to herself and Sydney arrives after also hearing about Dewey. In a new hospital room, Tara Ooh. reveals that she's that she's somewhat happy to be attacked as she's now high on painkillers. Samantha decides that they need to do what no one else has done and get the hell out of Woodsboro. As they leave, Sydney approaches them and asks Samantha for her help. Sydney informs- like, like, is it someone on this list? I feel like everyone's yeah. dead or a victim. What's funny is both of you have gotten so close. It is Amber, isn't it? So Sydney informs Sam that yeah, his life okay, that Sydney informs Sam that this is her life now and Ghostface will keep coming for her unless they kill him, which Sydney won't sleep until that happens as she has three kids. Sam declines and Sydney lets her go, revealing to Gail that she has left a tracker on Richie's car so they can follow them. As Richie and Sam and Tara leave, Tara realizes she's lost her inhaler, which she needs, and then remembers she's left one at Amber's house, which is on the way. Yep, yep. Sorry. Also, Peach. Yeah. To be fair, you actually the first person you said was Amber. Well, well, yes, that's right. But we don't we don't have confirmation yet, and I feel like Shag's pretty good at with her. Like I. No, like but it, I'm just like I'm just putting that out there on the record that if it I'll is take Amber. It. Shag might edit it out though. Is much is my challenge. He might he might go back. I can't edit like, a thing out because otherwise it'll be like it's already pr- like I love our podcast. This might be a tough listen, but I think if we take out any portion of it, it's going to make no sense. So I've got to keep yeah. everything in. No, oh, great. Oh, it all stays in. So do you want to right now do the second stage in the horror <laughs> film plot writing? <laughs> We've only got thirteen to go. <laughs> So anyway, so Tara realises she's lost her inhaler, which she needs, but remembers she left one at Amber's house, which is on the way. With much reluctance from Richie, they agree to go there, unaware that Amber lives at 261 Turner Lane, which is the old house from the Scream movie, which was the house of Stu, one of the original killers. Not the Stab movie, the Scream movie, yes. Sorry, the, the Stab, but both movies. Yes, okay. Yeah. At the house, there is a party in progress to honor Wes's memory, Amber goes down to the basement alone and is cornered by Mindy, who reveals that was a mistake as she's now vulnerable to the killer. Upstairs, Liv reveals to Chad that she's ready to sleep with him. However, Chad declines. Oh, there's there's a subplot where Liv and Chad were going out, but they haven't had sex yet. And it's not important, but it's a part of the the plot. Um, Anyway, Chad declines, fearful that she may be the killer, because now everybody's suspicious of everyone. Liv leaves in frustration, but then texts Chad to come make up with her, giving him a link so she can track her phone. Ah, never trust the love interest. 
Chad Check. makes his way outside with the addition of a weapon thanks to Mindy and tries to find Liv. Realising this could very well be a trap, Chad makes a run for it, but Ghostface finds him and stabs him in the leg. Chad fights off the killer and runs, but then realises the killer is still following him on the phone tracker. So he throws his phone into the woods. He makes a run for it, but the killer barges out of a shed behind him and stabs him. However, he is interrupted by the arrival of Sam, Richie and Tara, so he leaves Chad for dead. Sam, Richie and Tara. Mm -hmm. The trio walk inside and Amber calls off the party. Back in the living room, Liv returns and Mindy is suspicious as Chad went out looking for her. The two- I don't think you'd really call off a party, like, if it's buzzing along. <laughs> like, imagine if you try to be like, fuck off. Like, I'm having fun. Like, <laughs> if I was in party mode, I don't think, like, I'd be like, yeah, good, like, fucking best of luck calling it off. <laughs> the two argue and Liv threatens Mindy, actually, especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just Wes's like, honor. Like, like poor old Wes. They're like, yeah, it's party for Wes. It's yeah. like, nah, stop, stop, stop partying for Wes now. <laughs> so the two argue and Liv threatens Mindy before leaving once more. Amber takes Tara to get her inhaler and Richie goes down to the basement to get more beer, joking with Mindy by saying he'll be right back, to which they both laugh as it's almost certain death by saying that. Sydney and Gail are following the tracker and are both stunned when they realise they'll be returning to the original kill house from Scream. Slash Stab. Back at the house, Mindy is watching Stab, specifically the scene where Randy is watching Halloween, unaware the killer is behind him, just like her uncle, and just like her uncle, Ghostface appears behind her as she warns Randy to turn around. Mindy gets the sense something is off and Ghostface tries to stab her. However, she's able to fight him off before getting stabbed. Sam scares the killer away and assists... Why, why do we keep giving him... Uh, like, sometimes we give... we give Sorry, we give them the pronoun, the male pronoun, and sometimes we give them a, a gender-free Ooh. pronoun. Ooh. I feel like Wikipedia's Ooh. drafting here is a little Ooh. vague. Slash, well, well, Shag, you're switched on to it. And then there's a bit of fatigue at your end that it's drafted as him... And you're sometimes remembering to give it a, a gender-free pronoun sometimes. Now, remember that this is wiki.scream.com, which has a smaller uh, pool of writers but a more dedicated pool of writers. Yes, okay. So Sam scares the killer away and assists Mindy. However, Amber and Tara return, and Amber accuses Sam of being the killer. Richie returns as well, claiming he was in the basement, and then Liv walks in and the group all argue about who the killer could be. The onus falls on Liv, who says she is not the killer... Okay, so even though she's a love interest, are, are you are you ready to make some final guesses before we start revealing some things? Uh, uh, I think I'll stick with Amber. I think I'll stick with Amber if she's still alive. I've sort oh of lost God. grip of the plot. Um, yeah, I don't even really know who all these people are. <laughs> but I gave you a sheet. I gave you a cheat sheet. Yeah, it's very I, like, I, I do not deny, I, and I don't know why it didn't help. It didn't help. <laughs> Made things so much worse. Maybe I know you tried really hard. I think, look, if, if I'm going to give you some genuine feedback, Shag, if I'm going to hit you with some radical candor, um, keeping the actor's name as the first words of each bullet point yeah. was not extremely helpful. Yeah. I don't know why I thought that would be helpful. Yeah. We can't, we yeah, can't every, see <laughs> And every single time that we're, I'm looking for a character, I'm looking at both the actor and the okay. actor. Okay. 
I'm yeah. like, oh. No, so, mate, Shaq, as the only person who's put job. any effort in, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, he's done a great job. Everyone taking shots. I'm, I'm actually excited. Remember, look, I'm going to give you a hint that there's more than one killer. So I, ne- I, need, I need two guesses from who both. Who went to the basement? Was it Vince or Richie? Uh, Richie went to the basement. Amber and Richie. Okay, um, Liv and Chad. I have no idea who they are. All right, okay. So the onus falls on Liv, who says she's not the killer, to which Amber says, I know, as she pulls out a gun and kills Liv, revealing that she is Ghostface. Peach. Chaos unfolds and the group all split up. Sydney and Gail arrive and hear screaming inside, which they claim sounds about right. Sydney grabs her gun and oh. gives one to Gail. Oh, and f- they... Like, are you fucking serious? Like, Ru- sounds of also, it. Also, like... so rude. Like, people are dying. <laughs> That's people are dying. Oh, yeah. Bad. Here we fucking go. Bit of scream, bit of yeah. stab. Uh... <laughs> Amber comes running outside, faking that she was stabbed. Okay. Either Gail or Sydney, one of them looks at the other and is like, fake? And the other one's like, yep. Amber realizes that and shoots Gail before running back inside. Sorry, sorry. So Sydney and Sydney and Gail are Gail outside. Share, they share eye contact to be like, mm, she's this is not clearly actually fake. a victim. Yeah. This is clearly the ghost face. Okay. So Gail fights for her life as she instructs Sydney to go inside and finish Amber off. Because Sydney's like, I'll take you to a hospital. And Gail's like, no, yet we have to do this for Dewey. In the basement, Richie and Sam are hiding, and Richie reveals that he thinks Tara may be the killer. Sam loses her trust for Richie and leaves him in the basement alone. She then finds Tara tied up in a closet upstairs, but hesitates to untie her because she's like, quick, untie me. I'll, I'll fix it all. Sydney walks into the house with emotions from her past flooding back and starts searching the house. As she searches, she gets a call from Ghostface who tells her that there is a second killer. Sydney tells him she's seen this movie before and he claims, not this movie, Sydney. Sydney moves through the house, shooting through every door, oh, searching God, for the fuck, killer. That's so boring. Oh, God. So if it is Amber, is it going to be Amber and either Samantha or Tara? Tara? Samantha is Tara's older sister and previously moved away from Woodsboro. But is there a love interest? So maybe it is Samantha and Tara. Maybe you were spot on. Yeah, anyway, continue. So she finally shoots through one closet, hearing someone in there, and it's revealed to be Richie who is hiding. Ghostface attacks and stabs Richie and throws himself and Sydney over the banister to the floor below. Sydney okay. fights Ghostface as Richie makes his way down the stairs to grab the gun to finish Ghostface. So Samantha- didn't Richie just get killed? And who just got killed? No, no, Richie got stabbed. Okay. Samantha arrives and Richie is relieved to find out she is still alive. However, he then reveals it's because he wanted to kill her himself and he strikes, yes. revealing himself as the second killer. Peach, you got it. You got both it's of them. It's your boy, Peach. <laughs> and from the beginning, you were like Amber. You Amber said it definitely. straight away. It was yeah. the first line. You went Ugh. through the names and you were like Amber. <laughs> Uh, we should celebrate. So Ghostface unmasks themselves, which is Amber underneath, and the duo take Sydney and Samantha to the kitchen, just as Billy and Stu did. Amber brings Gail into the kitchen, and she and Richie reveal that they met on a stab subreddit after they both shared their dislike for the new movie. Amber reveals she knew all about Sam's connection to Billy and they use that as the basis for their new movie in which Sam would be the killer seeking justice for her father. And so they were going to they were going to stage it so they're going to make Sam look like the killer, kill her, they'll come out victorious, they'll make a new stab movie and they'll have orchestrated a way better plot than the most recent one. 
But you can just write that movie. Like, you don't have to make it happen in real life. <laughs> Amber like... reveals she knew all about... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Amber goes to grab Tara so they can finish her off together. However, it is revealed that Sam did untie her and Tara taunts them with a phone call. Amber looks for Tara, who jumps out and attacks her. Samantha then fights Richie as Amber returns to the kitchen where Sydney and Gail gang up on her. Amber begs for her life, however, reveals it was just an act, just in time for Sydney and Gail to pass the torch in which they burn her alive. Sydney turns the stove on oh. and Gail does the honours as she yeah, shoots awesome. Amber, who falls onto the stove and is set alight, burning to death. What the hell? Like, seriously? It's a very, it's it's also a very gruesome movie outside of the whodunit and meta But also, you don't, like, you don't kill somebody. Like, they, they also, I know that she's a murderer, but she's a teenage girl. Like, I know. Put her into jail and rehab and that's ridiculous. I agree. That's what jail, mm. I mean, in America, jail doesn't really do that, but I still agree. Like, people can be redeemed. In you the entry, burn someone alive. <laughs> and it's not your, it's not really, your, you're not Judge Judy and Executioner. In the entry hall, Sam fights Richie, who reveals he knew about her all along and that Dewey was right. You should never trust the love interest. Sam spots another Billy hallucination in the mirror and tells Richie you should never mess with the daughter of a serial killer. She stabs him over and over and Richie asks for his ending, which she gives him by slitting his throat, killing him. Sydney warns her that the killer always comes back, so Samantha takes the gun and just shoots him heaps of times. A burnt Amber comes running at them from the kitchen and Tara shoots her through the head, finally killing her. Outside... Tara, Mindy, and a still-alive Chad are taken to hospital, and Sam thanks Gail and Sydney for their help before leaving with Tara. Gail and Sydney mourn Dewey, and Gail states that she won't be writing about the killers, as they deserve to die in anonymity. Instead, she will write a touching tribute about Dewey and the kind man he was. That's not really how it works, but in, in any case, yeah. <laughs> I feel like who's going to read that? Like, like, yeah, as well, if like, oh, I can't wait to hear a tribute <laughs> oh, to a victim. Oh, yeah, that's what Love I like about murders. <laughs> as Gail and Sydney leave the house, and Samantha and Tara are taken to the hospital, a reporter begins to report the events of the night as the screen fades black and a title card for Wes appears on the screen because I think the original film was from Wes Craven who I believe died recently Oh, um, <sighs> guys two questions what did we think yes. about Scream 5 and what did we think about our first Spooko group who done it including all of the effort I put in to make it such a success now the effort gets a 10. <laughs> and in fact, the concept, like the ideation also gets a 10 from me. And I'm a very hard marker, Shag. So getting two 10 out of 10s is very good. And you should be very proud. Scream 5 was a long and disorganised movie. And I think it was a not amazing blog post. I think you were hampered, I think it's fair to say, by the passion of the contributors to the Scream wiki. <laughs> <laughs> and so notwithstanding the fact you, you emerged with double perfect, um, for our next one, let's do it as a shorter movie. <laughs> Maybe with less characters. It was very confusing. <laughs> I just think all the names. <laughs> no, kudos. Ten points for your PDF. Oh, I'll also give that, you know. And we've only got 13 more steps to write our own perfect script. (laughs) 
Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?